Hey, it's John Richards. A Cut Above Horror Review, episode number 30. We are talking about Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses, 2003, but we had to bring an expert on with us, Anya Gore. Horror more with Anya Gore. She is going to tell us why this movie, well, maybe is awesome. Not so awesome. So give it a listen. Thank you so much for listening wherever you listen to us. iTunes, Spotify. Thanks for giving us those ratings. And you can also listen to us on Amazon Music wherever you, you have Amazon Music. So here we go. Episode number 30 of A Cut Above Horror Review starts now. And yeah. Cut my life into pieces. This is the podcast, come on in. This is the podcast built on sin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good evening, and welcome to a very special episode of A Cut Above Horror Review. It's a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing the film House of a Thousand Corpses from 2003. (laughs) But first, <laughs> let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, I am very pleased to introduce a very special guest that we've been waiting to have on our show for a long time, and she's finally here. Please welcome Anya Gore. Hi. Welcome, Hi. Anya. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm Thanks so glad you can, you can make it, especially with all of uh, our scheduling snafus today. So um, we're <laughs> so excited to have you here on the show, and I can't wait to have this discussion with you. <laughs> if anybody knows, obviously they do. Um, John and I have a very different opinion on Rob Zombie. However, this rewatch has pushed me over in a different direction a bit and I uh, I'll tell you why later okay all right well that was a good little teaser uh <laughs> next up I can't wait to hear all about that next up we've got Hydraberg what's going on Hydraberg yeah what's going on <laughs> oh my god that scared me <laughs> sorry the, I got the Rob Zombie spirit the holy ghost in me oh my god Oh, he puts Devil on a really he puts on such a good show. That's a good spirit I to know. have. It is. It okay. is. I feel like this is this is just what the episode is gonna be. We're just gonna be like <laughs> busting out with weird. By the way, like, Anya, at the end of the show, you get a free bag of chicken. <laughs> oh comes along with uh, the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Complimentary chicken. Awesome. I will give it to my cat because I don't eat meat. Okay. okay. All right. Unless Vegan it's Rob chicken. Zombie meat. It's actually human meat. So <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Not naughty, naughty. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, it's a very caffeinated John. How you doing, John? Very caffeinated. Thank you very much. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? <laughs> Jacqueline. Hello. Tickets. I need some tickets. Heidelberg. Hello. And Anya, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I actually do want to mention her uh, podcast, Horror More with yeah. Anya Gore. It's it it's so horror filled. However. You got to listen to every single show because in all seriousness, you tackle issues that are, are 
need to have conversations. We need to have conversations about. Um, I enjoy every single episode you put out because some of them are fun, but some of them are more serious. So I, I appreciate it. You want to talk a little more about Horror More with Anya Gore? Sure. Well, thank you. Um, when I started doing my podcast, I, I didn't want to do horror reviews because there's so many good ones out there. And I thought, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, no, thank you. No, no humbleness over there, John. No sh- <laughs> shortage of that. Um, <laughs> no, I've I've been listening to you for a long time. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I didn't know what my voice was going to become, and then I just kind of right off the bat decided, you know what, I am going to say things that people don't want to talk about. And mental health is a big one that people are now starting to talk about, but I'm not hearing people talk about postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder or people talking about being in polyamorous marriages and how difficult that can be. I have had sex workers on there talking about being a virtual sex worker. So they were things that just sort of I've people I've gravitated towards in the horror realm, but I wanted it to be a little bit more specific to me. And then of course, occasionally I have to do horror reviews I have to and then I put someone like you on John who wants to argue with me who thinks Rob Zombie is not the most entertaining director in the world which I, I can be surprised what I have to say later I, I'm I don't surprised by that episode I don't think you're gonna surprise me <laughs> I, I will, I, will. I, I don't know I don't know but I will say that you opened an eye for me for Rob Zombie that I hadn't revisited him in a different look mm-hmm. since you entered my life in my life. So that's, it's interesting. It's pushed. This movie is no longer in my top three. Well, top three Rob Zombie films or just top three horror films? Top three horror films. Ah. This has oh. always been number three for me until this watch. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, lots of intriguing stuff that uh, we'll be getting into over the course of the next hour and a half or so. Uh, But let's get some other stuff out of the way first. John, do you have some news for us? Uh, Yes, our friend Joe Bob Briggs is coming back to Shudder. He's got a brand new episode coming out called Joe Bob's Heartbreak Trailer Park Special coming out Friday, February 11th. Uh, I believe it's 9 o'clock Eastern time, 6 o'clock on Anya and our hours time, uh, uh, Pacific time. So uh, looking forward to that. Didn't think we needed this movie, but apparently it's being made. The Meg 2 starts production next week with Jason Statham. Jesus Christ. Okay, do, I enjoyed that movie. Fucking that is a, the first one, so that apparently is a I fun guess popcorn movie, and lives. I will go eat some popcorn to watch The Meg 2 in the theater. I did not get through cars. the movie. It was stupid. People loved it. I haven't what? seen it either, but oh yeah, people thought that was like a cult classic. What is, what is not entertaining about an absolutely ginormous shark? I don't know. Um, did it have a freaking laser beam on its freaking head? <laughs> freaking head? It didn't need one. It was so huge. Huge. I believe half of us have seen this movie, uh, the new Scream 2022. I have. Raise your hand. Okay, so we've yeah, got two of those. The other day. So, so Anya, what, what did you think of the movie? I'm just without spoilers. What'd you think? Good, bad, I indifferent. It. I okay. loved it. Okay. And Heisenberg again. What did you think of the movie? I enjoyed it. Okay. And you know, I'm not the biggest Scream guy, but it's a fun watch. Right. Eighty three million dollars globally already. Dang. Good for them. A week and a half of being out eighty three million dollars in a pandemic. 
Yeah, that's good. That's pretty uh, that's, impressive. That's that's very impressive. So uh, kudos to those guys. I have seen rave reviews about this, and that that it's very entertaining. So it's got me intrigued to go watch it. And again, like you, Hydraberg, I I'm not the biggest screen yeah. fan in, You'll in have the fun. world, but yeah, for sure, I'll I'll check it out. But that's it I for news. It's no don't be shocked. Killing, but. Don't be shocked by by Courtney Cox's face. I was shocked, and yeah, she she looks like um. Oh God, I'm gonna get killed and murdered if she ever hears this. Um, you guys saw Sleepwalkers, the movie Sleepwalkers, way back the in the cats? day. Yeah. yeah, you know when they turn into them. That's what she looked yeah. like. It's As a like, plastic. Did she have like really, plastic surgery? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's wow. it's it's cringy. It's she really looked like hard the wax museum her. version of her. So. Really? Like every, yeah, it's all like really up here and bloated, yeah. and like she's tight. But her bangs were good this time. It wasn't like scream three bangs. <laughs> scream three bangs are the worst bangs that ever banged. Yeah, she banged. I don't know who bangs. led her on set with those fucking things. <laughs> were they know. the micro bangs? They were the super super short. They, they kind of like stuck out. Yeah, they, bangs. They were the William Hung she bangs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> These those were not Ricky Martin bangs. Those were William Hung bangs. <laughs> that, was oh, a, that was a reference only a man who was in radio could make. I feel like. What? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh man. Um, okay. So that's good news about Scream doing well. I mean. I knew it would do well. I didn't know it was going to do $83 million in a week and a half. It's globally. Like, I I believe it made over $50 million here uh, domestically. Um, But man, yeah, it's it's a huge movie right now. So, uh, Jacqueline, I think we should get into business, even though I'd prefer not to. But (laughs) get it over with. Right. (laughs) I'm very, very again. Anya, thank you so much for coming on Horror More with Anya Gore. Check out our podcast. Uh, Came on for this movie specifically. Why? In the fuck did you pick this movie? <laughs> Rob Zombie from was 2003? Yeah, yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, well, I chose it because for a lot of reasons. Well, one, the whole my whole reason for choosing a Rob Zombie film was the anticipation of knowing that Anya was going to be on the podcast this week. And I know that historically she's been a, a Rob Zombie fan. Um, interested to hear how her opinion has changed uh, after this viewing of House of Thousand Corpses. But I know that historically she's been a Rob Zombie fan and I feel like you guys are always kind of beating me down for my Rob Zombie fandom. So I thought, well, I need an ally. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, well, I want to pick a Rob Zombie movie so that we can have like a good, you know, smackdown between the two opposing sides and I can have somebody on my team to back me up and see how this thing shakes out. So then it became a question of which Rob Zombie film do I pick? Uh, I immediately eliminated what I consider to be his worst ones because that's no way to win somebody over, obviously. So I wasn't going to pick a 31 or a three from hell or Halloween two or anything like that. Um, I think some of his best ones are House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Lords of Salem to a degree. But as I mentioned at the end of last episode, I... I think that one, I gained more appreciation for it when I listened to the director's commentary on the DVD. And I recognize that not everybody has this on physical media and has the time to watch it twice, once with and without uh, director's commentary. So I thought, let's save that for another day. So I landed on House of a Thousand Corpses, which happens to be my personal favorite of his. Which is the one that has his wife in it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
I think I think I think this is it? the only one. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> in the world would you put your wife in a movie? But you know, it, maybe it worked on this one. I don't know. Oh, is she the hot one? No. Yeah, she's hot. Uh, yeah, I think she's the. <laughs> she I think she's the one that. The, she is a good looking woman. Oh, she's yeah. she's so hot. Anyway, yeah. So that's why I picked this film. Is that a satisfying answer to you? No, Absolutely. but the. That works. What that could works. I possibly said that would have made you feel better about this? Okay. Oh, we were trying to we were trying to inflict as much pain on you, John. This is all against you. It's okay. a conspiracy. That's fair. Okay. Uh, this, so our next segment, since Jackman Jacqueline picked this, is that we're going to determine whether this movie fucks or sucks. So uh, Anya, you're familiar with this. Mm-hmm. If it's bad, it sucks. If it's great, it fucks. Um, so we're going to go to Jacqueline first and I would like to defer myself to very last. So we'll go to Jacqueline (laughs) because she picked it. I can only imagine what you're going to say. Does this movie fuck or does it suck? This movie fucks. Like I just, it fucks. I think there's so much fun stuff happening in this movie. Uh, I'm not under any illusions that it's like an Oscar winning film. Uh, it's not going to get a criterion collection release, but I think for, for all of its flaws, and there are many, I think that it's a fun goddamn ride and it fucks. And I said what I said, period. Hey, <laughs> good for you. Thank you. You take over the segment now. <laughs> You're the all host. Right. Anya, would you like to weigh in on whether this movie fucks or sucks for you? Sure. I think it fucks. I, regardless of it, coming out of my top three i still love it all right she's still my ally yes i mean it's no jackson teller fuck but like rob zombie and his wife oh fuck yeah that's the best threesome you can have (laughs) that is a hell of a fuck Mm -hmm. i'm here i am here for it all right so there's two of us on this side hydra berg does it fuck or does it suck uh, this movie sucks. The tailpipe of a Dragula while wearing a referential uh, horror T-shirt. <laughs> You're left with uh, visual and mental VD after watching this one. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't think that's exaggerating just a little? That's what this segment's about. Okay. Yeah, I exaggerate a little bit. Fair point. We'll hear what I really think. <laughs> yeah. Don't be shy. Tell us mm-hmm. how you really feel. I, I think it sucks, though. Like, I'm not impressed by this movie. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I never heard. All right. I, I can't be surprised. John, yep. hit us with it. Does it All fuck right. or suck? All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go back to a, a conversation I had uh, a couple months ago with a young lady named Anya Gore on Horror More with Anya Gore that <laughs> I've... I don't appreciate... <laughs> okay. I, I appreciate Rob Zombie's artistry. I'm not the biggest fan of him. And I will continually make fun of him every time he puts out a shitty movie. However, this was his very first movie. And some of the things he did in this movie was fantastic. I'm going to give this the most flaccid of fucks. House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. Okay. That's a little little unexpected, but I'm pleased to hear it. That's why I went last. Okay. All right. All right. Well, surprises galore. All right. Well, John, you want to hit us with that spoiler warning so that we can get into all the details? 
I will. We'll be talking about House of a Thousand Corpses from 2003. Director Rob Zombie in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, make sure you pause the podcast, go watch it first, and then come back to find out what we thought about it. Okay. So here we go. My, the, everybody's favorite part of the show, yes. Hyderberg. Do you have a reach around for us? Oh, God. I can. Uh, hold on. I can. <laughs> I am so looking for. This is going to be my favorite one of the year, right? Go, go uh, Hyderberg. Don't, don't overhype it. Yeah, Please. no pressure. <laughs> Yeah, Jeez, this better be amazing. Yeah. Girl. All right. This film digs through the ditches and burns through the witches with dialogue that leaves you in stitches. The fireflies are some real son of a bitches. Don't forget to grab you some chicken covered in blood and its finger licking on your way to see Dr. Satan. A gruesome death should be contemplated. This film's theatrics will leave you. This family's theatrics will leave you concentrated. Sadistic fucks, they use their victims as toys and create ungodly sights a la Fishboy. The mayhem and carnage bring them such joy. But this film was a slog, boy, oh boy. The first entry into what's known as a trilogy. I wrote an entire review for this shit. Now, please, somebody kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. I I think that really paid off. John, do you feel uh, gratified by that reach around? (laughs) Look at my face, it's red. I'm sweating because I'm <laughs> so hard. I had to pull it's off the mic. It's for me to write a retron about movies I don't enjoy as much, I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> I, 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 you really sold yourself short there on that one. That was, that whole, was a good one. The whole thing is, is that when you don't enjoy it, yeah. you just throw that shit out there and it's fantastic. I so think it's I think sometimes so, they're better when you hate it. So do I. I mean, it's just harder for me to like actually complete sometimes to put them together. I'm just like, what do I say about this film? Well, with the rhyming thing, I mean, you could have just said, hey, look at a truck. Go fuck. Rob yeah. zombie. Okay. I mean, but you, it was good. That you said, you there, lived up you know, to your own your own high standards of poetic composition. There are things I, I do enjoy about this song. I'm, I'm being hard on it, but yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I, I, that, I've that's been... one consistent theme that I see across the board about Rob Zombie. Nobody will say his movies are the worst movie that they've ever seen because there's so much respect for his artistry. That in itself makes for an upped level of like, his I want, movies. I want to see like a masterpiece by Rob Zombie. I want to see him like from, I don't know, like hit his fucking stride. And I don't know if him writing the film is, is that, to be honest, but I just think like he does really good directors. Like the directing is pretty good. Let me echo that. Yeah. Yeah. Let me echo that real quick. Cause Anya, you and I had talked about that before is that Rob Zombie comes up with some of like some of the really great shots of the way he films things. I think in this movie, because it was his first movie is that he used a lot of the, what do they call that? The grain or the, the sun flare thing. You know, there was a lot of that in this movie. So it almost felt like, okay, you're watching a film, but you're also watching a music video the way he filmed it like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Something also you brought up in our episode is, you know, his musical choices. I thought there there was this sign that Rob Zombie kind of knew what songs to use in particular scenes. It wasn't polished yet until he got to Devil's Rejects, because to me, at the end of Devil's Rejects, no spoilers, is that they use a really, really great song at the end of that movie. Yeah, Freebird, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I really like the way he this movie opens, like the, the way he shot the gas station and the sign and all the neon and stuff like that. Like th- that really sets a cool tone for the film. 
it doesn't follow that tone all the time, though. That's the problem I have with the film. There's certain scenes that like the lighting and everything are like really good. And there's like blues and reds, like hues. And I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it has almost kind of like a circusy yeah. like color, color splashed, campy midnight movie feel to it. And I agree with you the way that it starts uh, with that opening scene of the, you know, the attempted robbery in the gas station. So just that setting alone gets me so hyped for this movie. Uh, I mean, think about it. Okay, so we have a gas station, but it has fried chicken. It has a museum of murder and madmen or something like that. Yeah. It has a murder ride. It has a like shop of weird curiosity exhibits and this like wisecracking, hilarious clown character, this like kind of malicious, hilarious clown. I mean, like if that if that existed in anywhere near my hometown, that would be like my favorite place on earth. Like (laughs) just just the idea that something like that could exist is so exciting to me. That's like my mother's that would be like my mothership. I mean, so like right off the bat, it's like it has this really campy, exciting, weird feel to it that i feel like attracts weirdos so is it right next door to pussy liquors yeah is okay, it right next it. door okay okay i feel like yeah, they you, would you go see hand the, hand together. you see the sign yeah okay all right so yeah so I, so right off the bat i feel like that kind of sets the tone and gets you excited and it kind of tells to me it, it it signals what kind of movie you're about to watch and i agree with you there are times when it sort of falls down in the middle that it doesn't really carry that through but i think that it even, you know, in scenes when you're in the Firefly home, there are like similar circus-like campy qualities to it, like the floor show. I, I feel a lot of flavor so of like Rocky Horror in this movie. And I don't know if that was intentional, but like the dinner scene and the floor show and stuff like that. But, you know, there's a lot of influences. I think Rob Zombie always wears those influences on his sleeve and makes makes his movies as like loving homages to the things that he loves. Well, this movie was, um, cause Texas Chainsaw, he absolutely loves, right? So yeah. what, I, what, one of the things that I respect about him with this particular movie is this was his first movie and he knew his target audience and his biggest target audience were his fans. So he brought his white zombie world into it with those little clips of, of the light that you were talking about. And this, he also brought in the grindhouse style. And so the, the marriage of those things with his love for horror and the Texas Chainsaw is undeniably satisfying. Absolutely. I, it, it felt a little too clean for me. It felt like, it, like, like, okay, it was a little too polished at parts. So if you went for the gritty, grimy look of any kind of uh, Texas Chainsaw, because that, that was the beautiful thing about it is Toby Hooper had zero budget and film this like like so grainy because it ends what what 74 is that you saw cleaner looking movies but rob zombie could have I, I saw the homages and they're like right in your face and everything that i love texas chainsaw massacre this yeah. is why i'm doing the skin thing this is why i'm doing this it, it just felt too clean too to much. me through he most didn't of the want movie. it to be he didn't want it to be as gritty as Texas Chainsaw, though, because then that would have been too obvious. He had to pull it back a bit. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's an homage. It's not to supposed gritty. to like directly imitate it, you know. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that the whole story was surrounded by P. 
people like this, you know, the Sawyer family. So again, if you paid homage to it with a different story, that's fine. But, you know, it it, it took me out of when they did this, this sun flare thing of the blues and the reds and stuff as people are driving by is like, it just took me out of the movie. Those transitions he did. I didn't care for those at all. They take me out of the movie, just like you said. Yeah. And the, and the, the cutbacks to like the fireflies giving little monologues on like old home cameras. Just, I don't know. I get what he's doing, but it just didn't, it doesn't gel like the beginning of the movie has some really great shots. It's like set up like a real good, like an actual movie. And then he just sort of in the middle, he just sort of does whatever the fuck he wants. And I get it, it's his movie. But for some reason, it just doesn't gel for me. It's, it's just like a little jarring. Those little monologues, I think, were his way of adding in uh, character development without yeah. building it into the storyline. The scene where sherry moon is naked and rolling around with a skeleton that one was filmed after the movie had wrapped and it was completed and so he did that in his home and Mm -hmm. added it back in because i mean i don't know the complexities of it but his his movie after it was wrapped was shelved and he had to actually source out uh finding his own studio to release it and so I have a feeling that maybe somebody said, I think you need to add in a little bit more backstory or character development. And that's why it was shot afterwards. Right. I yeah. mean, that's I think my that's, speculation. I think, I think you're probably right about that, Anya. I think it was um, Lionsgate who eventually purchased the rights for it. It's and... right near my house. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Rad. Yeah, they're, they're here. They're in Vancouver. <clears throat> Cool. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's like a way of building character without like showing us things that they've done that don't necessarily have to be part of the story. Like, I think that, you know, there's, there's one where you hear Otis ranting and raving uh, and he sounds really paranoid about, he sounds like kind of a paranoid, like one of those guys who always thinks somebody's out, you know, coming to get him and the feds are on my case. And uh, I mean, he sounds like, um, you know, just, he felt like, yeah, the, yeah. again, I, I think with the trilogy, is that it, Rob Zombie actually set up those characters nicely because they're always one step ahead of everybody. You know, it's like Otis mm-hmm. knows exactly what to do when the cops well, come by their house man. and he knows mm-hmm. exactly what to do. Well, obviously they have another yeah. person with them or at least at least one more person with them. You go take care of this cop downstairs. I'm going around back. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Rob Zombie set up the characters of being one step ahead of everybody. Yeah. And so I think for me, I think that's one of the most appealing things about this movie. And I get that not everybody feels this way, but I think what sets this apart. First of all, this movie was filmed in the year 2000. Um, and, and as Anya already pointed out, it got shelved for a wow. few years before it was picked back up again. And, you know, the rights were purchased and it was actually distributed. So. Um, if you think about it, like things like this movie were not really being made in the late nineties. And this was like really a bizarre kind of departure that was not meant for mainstream audiences. Um, as we've already mentioned, this was really kind of like meant to sort of like bridge the gap between his like musical fans and kind of bring them over to his, his new movie career. And, you know, this was not meant for everybody. And, I think that what really sets it apart from other movies, I don't even want to say other movies like it because there's not really a whole lot like it being done at this time, but you have really charismatic killers. 
this is not a formulaic slasher movie where you're following these college kids or whatever and they're getting picked off and you're like oh no these the 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 kids the for i don't know what to call them the road tripping road tripping people are i guess they're college um they're pretty much throwaway characters I don't think that we're really meant to fully empathize with them, maybe to a certain degree, but I think that we're at least partially supposed to be um, empathizing somewhat with the killers. They have way more personality, way more like dynamic relationships with each other, way more memorable qualities than really, I think anything that had happened in the preceding decade. And like when I'm thinking of this movie, I hadn't so watching this movie this week, I hadn't watched it in probably at least 10 years, maybe more. So I was really kind of going off my just my fond memories of it and, you know, hoping that it would hold up. But when I think before watching this week, thinking back to this movie and seeing what I recalled of it, I don't really I, I didn't really remember anything of substance about the so, you know, the supposed protagonists. Like I don't really care about them like yeah you have a vague sense of danger when they're in danger and you're like oh they shouldn't do that but at the same time what really gets inked into my memory is everything that happens with the killers I mean I could remember almost every line of dialogue after you know 10 or 12 years later and I think that's what really sets it apart is that it's not so typical to feel somewhat aligned with the villains in the in a, in a horror film and I think that you know he's on his way in this film but really in the devil's rejects I think he goes full-on anti-hero and then you're like really on their side but this is a stepping stone to that and I think that's unusual especially for this time I agree and also what I love about this movie and I, I loved it then and I still love it now is there's a female villain but she isn't there because of abuse. She's not there because of circumstance. It's, she is just a psychopath and that's the end of it. And that is very unusual for horror movies. It's always the men. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, I, one thing I don't agree with is the continuity. Is that, that if you're going to make this a grindhouse film, make it a grindhouse film. Don't yeah. clean it up. I mean, again, there's got to be some like in between. Again, I'm not a director. However, the my biggest problem in, in going into the next film, which is The Devil's Rejects, is that, okay, they became anti-heroes, but they're still pieces of shit. So I, I kind of disagree that, that you didn't feel for these kids that are just out looking for scares or like different oddities, like taking a road trip, whatever, you know, but it's just, these guys were, were awful, awful people. And how do you root yeah. for awful, awful people? And it's, and then at the very end of the movie, like cut the credit scene, the end question mark. I'm like, oh God. No. Well, so and I just want to clarify. I, I, I didn't intend to say that you don't care at all about the, the college kids in this movie, but I think the way that they are written in this film the amount we are allowed to get to know them is very limited True. on purpose. Like, I, I think I, I don't think and you need a character arc for them because like Rob Zombie based either. it. Yeah. Rob Zombie based it off the Firefly family and it's, 
you know, no, no, I'm I, talking about the college kids. Like, yeah, the college you don't get kids, to know the, them very much. The, I barely knew their names except Jerry because Jerry was like this. Bill, Denise, mm-hmm. and I think Mary. Mm-hmm. You think Mary, but the only one I remember is Jerry, you know, which but is like, Chris what can you Hardwick. say? But like, what can you say about those characters? Like, nothing, not, not nothing. Are they really. interesting I mean, again, at all? I, you're right on that point. But again, it's like, how am I going to root for these guys? My question so is, good. how come you're going into it assuming that you need to root for someone? Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's his to. movies. I, I even though he does make these anti-heroes, aren't meant for you specifically. I think to root for anybody. It's his um, willingness to tap into this crazy animalistic nature that a lot of us can relate to or feel. Where sometimes you'll look at someone the wrong way and be like, "They're going to murder me for no reason here." Or you hear about these instances where people are pulling out guns in traffic, right? So it's a realistic animalistic just primal thing and he's giving that to you without you needing to actually connect with someone very true but what did these people do to deserve to get killed i mean nothing. again if, it's if not no, i'm not saying reason, they deserve i'm not saying they deserve fun. to get killed by any means i'm just put their mask like, on for dessert john <laughs> i'm just that saying one girl that, is a bitch yeah that one girl yeah, was she yeah. really was a bitch it was um, actually i all I'm saying Truth is that says, I'll cut your tits off and feed it down your throat or something like that. Shove them, shove them down your throat. Shove, shove them down your throat. What are you saying, like, like in real life, obviously I don't want any innocent person to like get killed, but in the context of a horror movie, like if I'm going to, if I'm going to like identify with a protagonist, I, you know, I, I need some kind of emotional investment in them. And there's, there's not that here. Um, but uh, but as Anya said, I don't think that there's supposed to be. So, uh, but it's like I just I just think that I guess what I'm trying to say is it feels like the killers are just as much the main characters of the movie as the victims are, and I think that can get a little confusing and confused within this movie. Like I said, I think it's done better in the next film. But okay, I, and I agree with you is that there's no rhyme to the reason. Uh, these people didn't give you any reason of that they were going to be the hero. Like, like they were the strong protagonist that, you know, the final girl, with the okay. exception of the final, who, who was that? Was that, uh, was, no, what was her name? Denise. 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 Okay, so Denise got out. But did well, you ever get a feeling that they were? Which I, it, I'm going to go back and say, Rob Zombie did a really, really good job of saying, you don't know if these people are going to get out. You want them to, but you don't know, you know, like most horror movies, you, you just get this feeling as we watch more and more of them that you go, wait, they're going to get out. I didn't feel that about these characters. So I thought he See, did a really good job with that. What's interesting is, is you were saying that you watch, watch, you were watching and you wanted them to get out. Yeah, I, I didn't. And oh. that's not because I'm a psychopath or I want to murder people or I want to watch people get murdered, but it's just everything about this story and the storyline is just watching the extreme nature of the psychopathness build more and more and more. That show that they put on afterwards, what, there was no rhyme or reason for that. There's no rhyme or reason for anything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's so interesting because so many people are so crime obsessed and this is giving you a little glimpse f- kind of like in a first perspective view of what it's like being in this house with these psychopaths. And that's, I think the focus and these victims were just one of how many to this family. Right. So a it's thousand. Yeah, <laughs> what 
994. 994. 990, no, 996. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, Anya, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> no, that, that, that's it. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think you're totally right. And it's like, I think Rob Zombie is just totally dispensing with what the average horror film viewer expects out of a horror film, which is they want to see like a motivation for the murder and they want, you know, they expect that at least one character is going to survive this ordeal by the end, because that's what we've been conditioned to expect from most of the horror films that we've seen over like how many decades. But, and and you, you touched on this when you're talking about baby as the female killer, what we're used to in horror films when you it's rare that we see female female killers but when we do it's almost always you know one of just a handful of you know motivations like there but there's always a motivation it's either like oh i'm taking revenge on somebody who has harmed me in some way um i'm doing this out of necessity like i need money or some kind of you know practical motivation uh things like that and as you said that doesn't exist here. It's there is absolutely no reason for her or any of the other killers to do what they're doing. And I think that that connects to what John was saying about, you know, wondering who's going to survive or, you know, wanting to see them survive. I think that it makes us feel less safe in this film because I think we come to understand fairly quickly that things are not operating in ways that we expect in this film. And like we not be these characters may not be safe. Like anything could happen. Right. And and I want to kind of piggyback off that is that that most horror movies you see have tropes, right? I didn't really feel any tropes. I I felt homages to other movies, but I don't really see any tropes. I didn't see anything that was like, oh, this happens, this happens. And then this is going to happen. I mean, did you? I, I'm, it's funny that you say that. I made a note about that. <laughs> um, I said that I did find that there were some typical slasher tropes, but because the visuals are so fascinating and the cinematography is so captivating that it's easy to kind of bypass those frustrations. So I made an example. Um, instead of running for the door that the moment they, you know, are they get in there, they're asked to wear these masks, they have to sit through this really weird performance because again you're sitting there going why aren't you walking out this fucking door (laughs) thank you what the fuck right but then as soon as you kind of start feeling that way then boom he hits you with a grindhouse visual of something odd and so it pulls you from that moment of starting to feel frustrated and it distracts you and then he puts it back into another scene and that's why even though a lot of people have issues with that balance of continuity (laughs) I found he used it to his advantage in those moments where you're just about to feel frustrated I don't know I feel like the way the uh, protagonists react to the situation of the Firefly's house is just a little unnatural to me like they never ever seem to seem like the the Firefly psychosis is in plain sight they're fucked up as soon as you get on the doorstep (laughs) she's like these are my dolls you know, I used to like to pop the heads off. They're all over the place. Like the, the place is not normal and nobody acts otherwise. They're like, yeah, we'll put the masks on. We'll eat the fucking pudding. 
Well, Vampire even, even well, Rob okay. Zombie has a has a camera shot of that of Rain Wilson focusing on this one where it's just yeah, like a comical, bloody though. face of yeah, a doll. Yeah, he hears doll. his voice in the background. Yeah. Like, you got to yeah. remember, this also takes place in the '70s, so coming from that era, there weren't the Ted Bundys of the world. There wasn't families this like the Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, it felt like it. Yeah, it felt yeah. like it, it, is, it is. Yeah, it is, and so these people are unknowingly walking into yes a very alarming situation but because they aren't coming from a world that we are where we would walk in and be uh, like nope mm-mm. and you would walk My right out that- thinks would have went off well yeah but you also aren't from the 70s where people are driving around without seat belts and they're walking into really cool you know they're they're also on there that's what they're doing is they're going know. to I've all of these pit stops. houses before and i'm like i want to get out of here well, no, but also killers. consider, but also <laughs> consider the fact that they are in a situation of need where I their car that. is fucked up and they, you know, if they don't get help from these people, how are they going to get help? Like it becomes a much more difficult proposition if they remove themselves from this situation right away. I felt like this was a day trip. Uh, I, I think Rob Zombie did a pretty fine around. job that this was a day trip that they're just like going across Texas or wherever they were, you know, because uh, what's her name? Alice needed to constantly call her dad, say, Hey, I'll be home by 11. You know, like, like this was like six and a half hours there, or no, I'm sorry, 10 and five and a half hours there, five and a half hours back. We're just going to do this r- really quick trip. So, but he um, indicated that was, so, that was something they were continuously doing. Right. I can't remember yeah. if he said that he was writing um, something they for were. his school a book, but it was a writing book? a book. Yeah. About yeah. like ro- weird roadside attractions. So, knowing that then they've experienced some strange things up until this point right and so right. this we don't know the level of comfort they have going into it i mean both of the men were like yes we're going on this murder tour no questions asked and yeah. the girls just kind of rolled their eyes like we've already done this sort of thing uh, i'm gonna bring up a topic of what rob zombie kind of started with this movie with the rest of his movies um the dialogue bill mosley says something like um well, son, you need to get out of here when you're thinking about kitties and puppy dogs, you know, while they're at the dinner. And I'm like, that was stupid. That was so dumb. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the, too, but... you'll stick your head in the fire just to see hell. Now, Omnis, the, the, it's <laughs> like that. that. What about the, the beginning robbery scene? Is this dialogue? The robbery scene uh, of, uh, of the gas station. The dialogue was horrible in that. Oh my Who's god! Dialogue? Give me the money. The, Fuck yeah, your mama. <laughs> no, give me the money now. Fuck your grandmama. <laughs> I'm like, okay, am I the and only person it, here who thinks sorry. that Captain Spaulding is peace. fucking no, hilarious? He's fantastic. He's I think awesome. he is he's so awesome. fucking funny. Sid Haig is the bomb in this and movie. Like his tour, the the murder tour was like one of the highlights. Also, I thought that was I think, fantastic. I think everything out of his mouth is hilarious. The best scene, though, was when, oh, by the way, Tom Towles, in the second movie in a week that we reviewed, he plays the sheriff. Jacqueline, how'd you feel about Tom Towles in this movie? Did you think he was a piece of shit? No, I felt I felt a lot better about Tom. Last, <laughs> last week I was scene, last week I was pretty down on old Tom, but this yeah, week I Anya, felt we a did lot uh, uh, Henry Portrait of Serial Serial Killer. He played Otis. Otis. So. Speaking of Otis, do you think Otis, the character in this movie, is an homage to Henry? Without I question. I wondered about that. Without yeah. question, yeah. I, thought, I do. I, I really Tom Towles is in this film, so. 
Well, and I saw I, it last week. I felt like watching Henry, I feel like that movie must have been an influence on Rob Zombie. Yeah, um, like sort of capturing this everyday like piece of shit I'm, scumbag kind of quality. got their phone on them. See what yeah. Otis's last name was in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I'm just Tool. curious if it, it was some, huh? I know in real life it was Tool. John, you mentioned dialogue and like my problem is like when I watch this film, like all I keep thinking is like, man, Rob Zombie really loves Texas Chainsaw, really loves it so much so that he's basically ripping it off in, in a big way in, in a lot of scenes. And then like for me, it's not like a way like Tarantino homages films like he does similar things in his films, but his dialogue's so well written. And the dialogue in this movie is just it's just not it's very angsty and just sort of like, I don't know. His dialogue isn't one of his strongest yeah points. it's not it would help me out a lot to like the film better if, if it was better dialogue but i, I tell you the shuri he's... moon laugh did not annoy me at all no, no, no. it did it completely facetious oh i <laughs> see i love her no i i know <laughs> i love it, it, her it, 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 it was very manic but it was very yes. forced it felt like Okay, Sherry, just give your craziest laugh. And it, uh, it mm-hmm. she's probably a wonderful wife. She is not a great actress. I'm sorry. No, she's not. No, but, but well, I do there, think there, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say there are times when even, even I sort of can't tolerate baby's dialogue, but other times I think it's good and, and funny. Like when she's like sort of torturing um, what's his name, Jerry, I guess. And she's like, you know guess my favorite actress and yeah you know he gets her like that i thought was amusing the scene where she murders mary and it's like the little rabbit was walking through the woods and then he was in his rabbit hutch like that was too much for me Uh, but yeah i don't like that run rabbit run sequence and then they intercut that with otis giving that that monologue i'll tell you i totally disagree with that i thought some of the 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 commentary in between of them like doing like the found footage type thing was okay like that that run rabbit run the the way he built up to that i thought bill mosley did a really good job of that just you know just like run rabbit run you know really happy and then all of a sudden like run rabbit and then all of a sudden she gets killed i thought that was a nice build up for that yeah anya what were you gonna say I, i interrupted you earlier i'm sorry no, no, no. All good. I was just going to say that I do think, and, and I don't love that Rob Zombie does this, but he really tries to represent stereotypes. And so, unfortunately, yeah. Oh my well, God, this again. Bumpkins. I'm kidding, Jacqueline. Relax. <laughs> Country bumpkins? Country yes. bumpkins. Yes. He's trying to make it seem that they don't think the same as us they don't talk the same as us they come from a different perspective their views are different and therefore they're just uneducated and I do find that his writing is weaker so it doesn't come across the way that we would want it to you know the way it was written in Texas Chainsaw well actually a lot of it was no dialogue whatsoever coming from Leatherface but that that was very impactful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did not like the, uh, and sorry, this is just kind of a technical thing, of the contacts that Bill Mosley wore as Otis. It was almost like a red, demonic-looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you see him in House of Without, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Devil's Rejects and uh, he looks Three vastly from Hell. different. They're normal. Like, like what? Well, that, no, no, that's Devil's a... Rejects. 
gets What's away the from point? the whole I mean, is, is he demonic like, or, or just an evil motherfucker? And he is. You know he is. But, like, why is he wearing these contacts? I get the sense that in Devil's Rejects, Rob Zombie was aiming to make a more realistic looking film yeah. and almost kind of like a different flavor, like a almost like a Western or buddy road movie yeah, road type movie, of feel yeah. to it. Whereas this, I think, was supposed to be more of a like a campy haunted house, Texas but, chainsaw slasher type look to it. Movie. So just a different, Not just a Rob different zombie. Fl- zombie movie, seriously, because it's like you see zombies come out of the water when they get yeah. put into the well. And it's just like, like, where's the people that have been driven mad? What? They're more like people that have been driven mad through experiments Mm -hmm. and, you know, being isolated down in a cave Mm -hmm. for like. But they're underwater and they come up as if they're the living dead. So, I mean, to me, it was just. They're like, they've been made into creatures. The guys down there in the bunny suits that that just rip her clothes off and she's Alice in Wonderland all of a sudden. No, I really like that scene. Well, she's didn't. Yeah. I agree. The last 20 was, minutes is amazing. That to me is what it's a little makes jarring. this movie. Yeah, but the movie but turned, I like it. It turned into something completely paranormal. It did, and, and that doesn't guys... fit with the rest of the film, but I do like it. And it's shot mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. That I scene of like her with, with the killer behind her and like her eyes, like the focus is like, that's super. Like That, that was, was awesome. That was awesome. That was very impressive. And just yeah. like the I want to go so Jacqueline said, you don't think it was paranormal? You don't think Dr. Satan was some sort of ghost or something like that? No, no. Then what about Earl, the guy that burned uh, Tiny? He's just a madman. Yeah, yeah, that looked like a fucking alien. I mean, well, I mean, this is that was that was supposed to be the husband. Yeah, Earl, who burned that or tried to burn the house, and he got he got burned too. Yeah, he did get burned, but that's why he's all fucked up. Okay, but he looked like an alien; like his face was stuck into his. Rebreather nice. thing. I knew that yeah. was supposed to be. That was supposed to be Earl. That rebreather. Yeah, oh. yeah. Like they had talked about it. That that mother fireflies said that Earl he was tried huge. to burn the house down. Then this is what caused uh, Tiny to go deaf because he's got a, yeah, he, no. he got his ears burned off. Yeah, I mean, did that story actually happen? Who knows? They're lying <laughs> left, true. right, and center. But um, I felt I felt like the Earl character, the guy with the axe. Look like one of those characters from um, you guys remember the nineteen eighties movie Flash Gordon, where they're like, that's how he sounded. I think I think all of the people down there were supposed to be. If you kind of take it back to like the hills have eyes, generations of inbreeding, and I think the only people who are living up in the house are the people that don't appear at that same level, and all of those people because you when she goes into the end, when she gets into, you know, Dr. Satan's lair or whatever, there's what three or four men sitting there eating and you don't know what they're eating. It's insinuated that they're eating kind of human meat. So every oatmeal. Well, one of them it did, but one of them was like, it, I don't know, it looked like an ear or skin flaps or something. Yeah, I, it I did look like flesh of some sort. I took it them was... as like failed experiment or just like experiments in general, people that maybe, like they put the two uh, down there, Denise and what's his name, Jerry. So like maybe that's mm-hmm. what they would have became over time. Yeah. Was yes, but maybe the inbreeding too might be. I just think I, it's it's just generations of that, right? Like, because huh. if 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 there's legitimately almost a thousand corpses down there, that's not that's going to have happened over more than just a year or two. That's yeah. going to be going so, through. So the lore of Doctor Satan is he was hung at this tree. 
the grave of Dr. Satan was right there. However, there was a cavern underneath that. It didn't make sense to me. The cavern <laughs> was built. Didn't. They got like... lowered down and these zombies or whatever they were uh, broke through this big ass uh, uh, coffin where Jerry and Alice were. Um, Jerry got his ass dragged away. Alice ran away. And then there's like two other guys down there, right? Oh, the Alice so, and Denise. <laughs> what? No, uh, or, 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 her name was Denise. Sorry. Yeah, like Alice, Alice in Wonderland. That's what I was thinking. Um, so she, she runs into two guys that were also wearing bunny suits that it looking had been down there for, I don't know, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Could have been. And then found Dr. Satan, ran into Earl, and how are they not dead? Well, because they allowed them to stay there. I think, like mm-hmm. you're saying, they're, all of the people that are put down there are either there to feed these things, that these human humanoid creatures, kind of like sure. chuds, I guess. So, <laughs> so, so Jerry was the feeding or, or, or the, the food. No, I think she was. I think she was supposed to be the food. And that's oh, they, they ate that Jerry, though. Well, they they took him and he was being experimented on at the end, right? He was you getting could, his brain picked apart. Yeah, and then yeah. his everything oh, right. here was open as well. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression that when they were put down there, she was in the bunny suit, and <laughs> mm-hmm. Jerry was taken off immediately. You don't even notice how quickly he's gone because he's instantaneously gone, and it's sort of like they're being sacrificed to these weird chuds. I'm going to call them because I don't really know sure. what they're supposed to we'll be. Call them judds because they're country bumpkins. <laughs> Blumpkins, 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 Buds. Just kidding. Good. <laughs> that pisses her off. She's turning red. Look at her. It's Bumpkins. I know. Blumpkins. How do you know about Bumpkins this well? Me? No, John. Oh. You <laughs> seem set to be an expert. <laughs> I've watched too many Rob Zombie movies. That's you know, all I know. Time in Wisconsin, or no, <laughs> Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> I got to tell you, my favorite scene of the movie, though, was when uh, Liddell and uh, what was Walton Goggins name? He was like the, Steve, the, Steve something. So they go to the Firefly's house. And I, I, I actually love the setup of this scene because it was um, Mother Firefly brought Liddell in um, Steve or Walton Goggins character and the dad of. God, what's her name again? Not Alice. Denise. 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 So they go around back. And I, I, the way it was all set up and the way Rob Zombie shot it in slow motion, but then like in real time calling Liddell, it's like, hey, you need to get back here. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, he gets shot in the neck oh. and dies. And then um, the dad gets shot like right in the chest, which was fantastic. And, and Anya, you and I have talked about this. So one of my favorite scenes is... Um, you see it in slow motion. You got this song playing and then the song stops and you got Walton Goggins sitting on uh, the ground on his knees with his hands behind his head. Mm-hmm. And it's so slow and panning up. It's almost like they had a crane or something like that. And it pans up and it pans up and it pans up. It's like, what the fuck is going to happen? Pans up, pans up, boom, gets shot in the head dead. Yeah, you know, I, I, cl- I clocked it this time because I was curious. It was 29 seconds. And that, that is, is so crazy. Yes. Yeah. The, that entire wow. scene where he's standing there with the gun right to his face yeah. is 29 seconds. And I actually sat there with that for a minute because I thought, can you imagine being that person? 
for 29 seconds. 29 fucking seconds. That is the scariest shit ever. That is a bold filmmaking choice. And I fully support it. Mm -hmm. I think that it paid off in spades. I didn't like it. Why didn't you like it, Hyderberg? Because the way the cops are painted before they go to the Firefly house, they're confident, right? They're like, when they go to see Sid, they're pretty confident. They're like, tell us what happened, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, what's his Captain name? Captain Spalding? Uh, no, um, the, the lead sheriff. The actor's name who played Otis. T- Tony Tommy. Yeah. Tom Tells. Like, he seems very confident. Then all of a sudden, he's around uh, Mrs. Firefly with her tits out and her yellow teeth. And he's like, totally flabbergasted. Enough that he doesn't realize he's about to get shot in the fucking head. Like, you're here to invest. You already found a body in the back of a fucking trunk. And you come to this house, like, with your guard down. You split up. You go in. You sit down with the woman. Right? And when they go to the shed, you open the shed. It happens in slow-mo. I get that. It's a cool scene. There's so many cool aspects of it to me. I love the old-timey music. But then you you see them, the carnage inside the shed, right? Well, it they do. Like they, this, right? like, the I'm going to disagree with you real quick because his they, daughter's in there. No, in the in the car they find is one of the cheerleaders. Yeah. And it's way off. It's not on the property. Thing. Like yeah, the cops yeah. find it, but they're they're going to they he uh That's Rob Zombie know explains it. People. Yeah, Rob Zombie explains it away that that you know, hey, we're gonna it. go to a couple local farms, we're gonna check this out. Yeah. So they don't know it came from the Just, Firefly family. That, and it's that, also that, again the seventies. <laughs> The dad runs away from the shed instead of checking like the shed. It's like a split second. So I feel like he wouldn't have had time to notice that his daughter wasn't in there. Right. There's like at least three bodies in there to check. I'm assuming he runs away because he's running towards the house because he thinks that's where his daughter is. And then like when or he's Otis, running away from bodies, <laughs> I guess. But you, he's looking for his daughter. Well, yeah. But if, Otis, you, if you see bodies, you're just going to turn them. He gets you're... shot. And then for me, the, the reveal of like Otis is just hiding behind a piece of junk. And he comes out with his like mutton chops flowing in the wind. And he's like got his gun held like like he's a fucking cowboy at his hip. Like nobody shoots a fucking gun like that. And he's got the cowboy hat on. I just it didn't play for me as as well as I like. I felt I felt the scene and I felt what he was trying to do. But for me, I just kind of lost it. I was like, it wasn't as believable. And then I don't like the 30 second pan. I think it's a little too long. To be honest, like we know he's going to shoot him in the head. So I felt they gave it some drama to it. Uh, I that dramatization of doing that. Like, is he, isn't he, is he? Of course he's gonna. Well, you know, he's going to, but it adds to a a layer of psychopathness because he wanted, he wanted this person to feel his sense of control (laughs) and his fear. And I also think that um, because because they're trying to play into this whole country bumpkin thing, there's no, the cops aren't an exception to that. They would be part of this too, and they've probably never seen this magnitude of death and Sorry. disgusting. Sorry, that was my phone. Uh, my watch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was Siri. She wanted, Somebody else she joining us. Oh, yeah, yeah, hi Siri. <laughs> Siri, does this movie fuck or suck? I just think like the cops seem pretty confident, and when we get there, they're not anymore. Like, well, that's because they don't know what they're walking into. I, I would guess, imagine. Like, well, if you think about. In the Texas Chainsaw, they they didn't know what they were walking into either. And you walk into that, and well, you, every everything's kind of unveiled in front of you. It's shocking. It but would be like shocking. these are police officers, and also like Nash, when he gets there, he's like whining about like oh, I got bit by a dog when I was little. It's like come on, bro, like you're a fucking cop. <laughs> well, so when I, I when know, I watch me, just the scene doesn't 
doesn't hold together as well as I'd want it to. Mm. For me, when I'm watching the scenes with the sheriff and the deputy, I, I don't feel as though they're incompetent. Like, I don't feel like they suddenly become like doofusy, you know, morons. I, I think it's more like the fact that they get played basically is like a testament to the like criminal expertise of these killers like they're so evil and they have committed so many crimes that it's just like it's almost nothing to them to just ensnare a couple of police officers and kill them like they're so used to this and these police officers are just not prepared for it it's not that they're incompetent it's that a they have no idea the magnitude of what they're walking Mm -hmm. into and the level of evil of these people and criminal abilities is just like beyond. Yeah, like Mama Firefly shows her boobs to the fucking cop and flirts a little bit with him. And he totally forgets that he's a fucking police officer in a potentially dangerous situation. Yes. And then but Nash it's also- like fumbles with his freaking walkie talkie instead of pulling out a weapon or investigating the shed. Like, I don't know. To me, this scene just it falls apart a little bit. I get what he was putting together. And I love aspects of it. I love the old timey music and the slow-mo, but there's certain parts of the actual like behavior of the police that I just don't like. And I don't like Otis's reveal from behind a piece of like garbage. The boobs thing, unfortunately though, is real and is still real to this day. It actually, some men just honestly get swayed. They see, they see nipple and all of a sudden it's everything (laughs) stops and they kind of. John is one of them. Oh, so that's why the slow-mo is really nipple slow-mo. I get that. I've had nipple before. See but some people see just, everything slows down it just your whole world stops because yeah. especially if it's coming kind of coming out of nowhere and you and totally she, forget that your life is on the line a little and bit you're <laughs> i'm sorry that's like my one rant about this film <laughs> okay that's okay i i can see why it wouldn't work for you i get it, it i want um, it to work though because i see what he's doing like i i get it i get why well, you guys like it but for me it's just i don't know do you yeah. think it didn't land for you though because yeah, it didn't land up until this point you didn't connect necessarily with everything prior to this. Maybe. If this had maybe started off with a scene like this, do you think maybe it yeah, would have looped you in a little I bit just, more? I just feel like Otis's reveal, like he shoots the guy from out of nowhere. I feel like that could have been done a little bit better. I don't know. And you don't what could have done saying. that would have made it better for you. Like, like what, what would have made it work? better? He's like hiding in plain sight behind like a fucking trash can or something like that. It wasn't even like that revealing. Like, I don't know. I, I only disagree because of the way he came around. It was very you know, like sneakily. And the way he was holding his gun, just like at his hip, with his cowboy hat on, and it's like... I I just like the cinematography of that, and the beauty of, you know, the way it panned out, and you saw everything that was going on. You know, the fact that the the dad of of the girl got killed first, and then all of a sudden, they're there alone. It's almost like a standoff, and the way he's mouthing words, it's like, you can kind of say, you see him saying, drop the gun go to your knees, put your hands on your head, you know? And, it, and it's like, to me, that that was really, to me, my favorite shot of the movie. The thing I don't understand is I, I get, this is an evil family. Are they satanic worshipers? Because, you know, what happened to them in Devil's Rejects and Three from Hell, they reference it by name. They don't do any kind of ritual. They do, like they they do a ritual in this one. Yeah, they that that's yeah. the thing is they, they're sacrificing these two people down to these after Satan. Under understood, but then it feels like if, a dark mass almost. If Love if that. they if they would if Rob would have left this movie alone and then made something else, 
I think it would have made more sense that it's just like, you know, what the fuck? This is going to end on a sad note. I would have been cool if they were just crazy criminals, like a crazy Texas Chainsaw type family. And they didn't have the whole Dr. Satan thing thrown in. He oh, kind of I away love Doctor Satan. I do too, it's but so it, it just feels like two different vibes. That's that's, that's what that's the way I made his I own Doctor Satan movie. That would have been it, cool. Like, was, but that's it, what makes this movie stick out, though, is I that know, you, you get all these Easter eggs of Doctor Satan, and you don't really connect what they are until the very end, and then you're like, oh my god, they were telling these people right off the that about dr satan and like sure go to this house just right there and it's almost like not to the same level because i don't think that he is as good as jordan peele but it's like jordan peele gives you the entire context of the movie before you've even really gotten into it and so that's what this was and i loved the change of pace because the moment they're in those bunny suits everything is different it becomes a cat and mouse chase she's trying to get out that's when you actually start rooting for her a little bit and then it boom it ends and it was a beautiful transition to the devil's rejects which was nothing but an action movie that crawling out of the dirt in the middle of the daylight that was a total texas chainsaw like and sally in the middle of the road sort of ending Mm. i thought it was two different things i thought it was the the descent and well i guess descent came after so i guess descent took from that because the way she crawled out i mean someone crawling out of the dirt it it was almost like being a rebirth like anything from rob zombie kill bill even oh yeah but yeah but kill bill came out after right oh storyline there's nothing for them to chase down there's no reason for them to go there that's that's the whole reason they're on this like goose chase is that they're trying to track down this landmark from the dr satan story and then they find out that it's real and they, it's like you know, you're looking for the boogeyman you found him yeah i do remember when this movie came out i looked into this so this was a trillion years ago but um people were obsessively coming after rob saying you need to make a dr satan movie because that whole element of that storyline could make a movie but i just like that whole set piece down down there like it was really well done yeah so here's what i think about that the hallway Um, full of just like bodies staring at you and stuff like mm -hmm. that like so i learned something when i was looking into this movie that i had not known before and it makes total sense the way that this movie actually came into existence is that before there was even an, an idea to make this movie Rob Zombie had been hired by Universal Studios to design a haunted house for Halloween Horror Nights mm. out in California. And oh, wow. so he had he was basically creating like the set for this movie. Um, and but it was it ended up being called American Nightmare, I believe. And and so while he was making the movie, he was starting to put I mean, sorry, while he was designing the haunted house he started having these ideas like, oh, like I could turn this into a movie. And uh, he sort of like pieced together just a really rough idea and Universal, he like pitched it to Universal, but he kind of just like made it all up on the spot. It really just started with like this setting that he had been creating for the haunted house. And he kind of just like extemporaneously was like, yeah, and these people, they go to this house and it's this family of killers and then they find this underground lair. And I mean, it was like a two sentence thing, but they bought it and they were into it and so knowing that before i watched it this week when she gets into that underground lair i was like oh this totally must have been like 
the haunted house aspect of it because it looks like have have any of you mm-hmm. been to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios either Hollywood or Orlando? Oh my gosh! Well, we need to like all have like a field trip. Yes, all four of us. Let's do it. We're gonna do it, Take and then road. get tattoos. <laughs> um, but like the haunted I'll house. Get a yeah, so the the haunted houses that they designed for Halloween Horror Nights—they're walk-through haunted houses. It's like a maze kind of, and there's people that jump out at you. And uh, but it looks exactly like this—like a lot of hallways with creepy stuff that you don't really want to touch, but it's a little close in. And and then you come into like a little opening, and there's like a scene for you to watch, like a Doctor Satan operating on somebody, and you jump back, and you're like, oh no! But then you have to like walk past it to get to the next area, and it kind of goes on and on. Um, but I it I was I was able to connect those dots this time around but it's like it totally looks like a haunted maze at Halloween Horror Nights. I was surprised too at Dr. Satan's lair there was no waiting room. I didn't see a waiting room anywhere for <laughs> the guests. Silly. <laughs> no magazine no magazine. I really liked his look like the fact that he was what was he set up to like hydraulics to keep him like it going like or it, pumping yeah. stuff like into it. him like mm-hmm. I did I, I did like the ride at the beginning at Captain Spaulding's place, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I like that the, ride the, too. The push through thing, I, I think. Yeah, if, the pervy guy touching Denise's hair. Oh yeah, that that was hilarious. I mean, to me, you got Ed Gein, what Albert Fish, uh, who's the other Lizzie one? Borden. Lizzie Borden, that was it. Yeah, yeah and, and then Doctor Satan. So that was Sid, pretty cool. Sid's, uh, Dude, I'd be at that place every really fucking day. Yeah, yeah. Eating chicken, I get gas and chicken there. Oh. And you can use the crapper now that he snaked it. <laughs> Shitter was full. <laughs> then country uh-huh. blumpkins. Oh God! Ew! 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 Love can it. I tell you? Can I tell you why I don't have it going to be my top three anymore? I yes. I'm dying to know Love actually. You. So it was in my top three because when I watched this movie, it was a turning point movie for me. It got me into different genres that I hadn't really connected with. So I've seen, I was watching the Halloweens and the Friday the 13th, but I actually watched this weirdly enough before I saw Texas Chainsaw. And so, uh, I know, I know I, I watched American Werewolf in London this year for the first time. So I'm a little bit behind in some of the classics. I guess. We all have <laughs> gaps. We all have gaps. No judgment here. But because of that movie and looking into it, it got me into like families psychopathic families it got me into home invasions it got me into uh, it opened a whole door and it got me really into my favorite now which is the occult and if I hadn't watched that movie I don't know that I would have gotten to where I am at today and so because of that 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 was why it was in my top three that's awesome that's a great story about how that (laughs) opened doors for you well, thank you. I mean, I wasn't that young at that point, so it's a little shocking because I've been watching horror movies since I was about seven or eight years old. But it was always, I, but up until that point, I, I was really popcorn movie watcher. So it would be the big ones that, you know, Candy Mad or whatever was in the theater at the time. Um, but now I've decided after this watch, it can't stay in my top three anymore because it just doesn't hold up from, so like the type of, horror movie watcher I am now I appreciate different things so watching this with my now horror eyes the the inconsistency of the dialogue it is juvenilely written it's very immature at points it is very very um it's it's a little bit as you've said this before John that it's kind of like um 
it's Rob Zombie doing something to kind of flatter himself a little mm-hmm. bit, right? It's it's he's doing it up his own ass. And right. rewatching this one and then going back and rewatching 31 and then seeing Three from Hell, it's shifted my perception of Rob Zombie. And even though he has so many amazing things in this movie, and if you've never watched it before, then yes, this would be fun to watch. But as the type of horror movie buff I am now, I just, sorry, buddy, you're out. (laughs) Also, we totally missed the opportunity to cover 31 on our 31st episode. We're only on our 30th, though. I know. You can pick it next week. One more week, we could have done 31 (laughs) instead. Nick, the power is in your hands. No, it is. No. It is Hydraberg. It's all you. I still like 31, even though it got a lot of hate, but it has moments also. Just it does have moments. All his films have moments to me. It's, I want him to make something really good. I want him. I don't hate him. Did you guys when was, when was the last Monsters time he was in this movie? Did we bring mm-hmm. that up? What, John? The Monsters was oh, in Oh, they this were movie? watching it at yeah, one point. They were watching they? the Dragula they episode. Were. Yeah. The Drag Race episode. The, the, the moonshine drag- drinking. Oh. We're speaking about tropes. The moonshine drinking grandpa was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. But I like oh, his yeah. stand-up. Uh, whatever. You gotta the eat a pussy. Bit. Eat your wife's pussy. That's all he said. <laughs> I was like, and he was like shit. a Sam Kennison. <gasps> yeah. I think he still had mashed potatoes coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yes, they were being spit everywhere. Mm. Gross. That grossed me out. Ugh. Well, Anya, I can appreciate why this movie doesn't hold up for you anymore because you're a more like experienced horror viewer yeah. now yeah. than when you first saw this movie. And it, mm-hmm. it was it's like um, you know, it, it's like a book that you read as a child. Like it opens doors for you at the time, but you have grown and it doesn't necessarily have that same like magic maybe for you anymore. Or well, you're, you're more able to see where it falls down, whereas yes. maybe you didn't before. So I, I get that. But um, it's also so difficult to have a movie like that in your top movies when there are just so many strong recent horror movies. Yeah. I can't I can't give Rob the inconsistent or the consistent un, unconditional love that I used to have for him. Because now Jordan gets that or Ari Aster gets that, you yeah. know, like I see one of them and I'm like, I, I just, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, does, I mean, does it make you guys feel better to know that Rob Zombie himself knows how flawed this movie is and has like spoken freely about that? He's like, I, you know, he's like, all I, all I see when I look at this movie is flaw yeah. after flaw after flaw. It's a mess. Hold on. I mean, he said you that. Have that for trivia. I didn't have it in my trivia. I just read it and was going to say it. So I okay. said, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't like, he doesn't like it. No. Yeah. That's very interesting. All right. Yeah. He's like, it's a, he, I think he used the phrase catastrophic mess. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like at least he's self-aware now that like it didn't, I mean, it was his first film and it, I'm sure he had like a vision for it that this did not like quite live up to, but you know, he has, I don't know if I'm going to say he's grown as a filmmaker, but he himself is older. And I think that he has the the savvy to look back on it and see it for what it is. Well, I guess if we're looking back at back at it on our eyes right now is that we look like look at a guy like Jordan Peele. His very first movie was what? Get Out. And that movie was like brilliant. It's like, oh, beautiful. Uh, Robert Ari Aster's Eggers, Hereditary. He I mean, The Witch. God damn. Yeah, um, Robert Eggers. God. Yeah. I mean, a lot and of it, it's first just, time. Uh, <laughs> 
Ari Aster, Hereditary, his first yeah. feature film. And you're just like, what the fuck? Hey, Rob, can you do that? But no, Rob comes from a rock background. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to give Rob all the credit in the world as being a horror movie fan. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I said it at the beginning of the cast is that I appreciate his love of the genre. Did he yes. do everything right? No. Is his dialogue shit? Absolutely. You know, watch every other one of his movies and it's just like, you know, I'll cut your tits off and shove them down your throat. You know, stuff like that. Lords of Salem wasn't like that. It was not. No, it's not. However, he fucked up Halloween, the remake, which I appreciated him trying to take that storyline of Michael Myers. But I will skull fuck you. I mean, come on. I mean, (laughs) it's just a guy that just wants to say the word fuck in Mm -hmm. skull and incorporated all like that. You know, and, that's and, his music and, background for sure. <laughs> exactly, it, it rocked me. You know, <laughs> I've heard him talk. That I, I'm surprised you didn't come out with a song called <laughs> "Skull Fuck." Oh my god, that was perfect. It's pretty I good. Like that. I've heard him talk in interviews and talk about horror, though. I saw him in the Eli Roth, um, yeah, documentary. Like he's very educated and he's oh, well yeah. spoken. He is very. Well this is with my mind is. that he writes characters this way. He all is. The time. He is a he very much is a horror movie fan and has like all the respect in the world for it. However, his writing is not good. As far as needs to expand, like grow a little bit as a, as a, as a writer, his characters are all the same type of character. Almost. Somebody writes the script, he directs it. I'll go watch it. Except Lords of Salem. I do feel like Lords of Salem, it's it's the first time I watched it, I hated it because I went into it anticipating a devil's rejects, which it is absolutely not. But I rewatched it within the past year and my that watch, oh man, it's so good. It's so good. Oh no, um, No. that was right. Well, would What's you that? agree, Anya, yes. if somebody else writes the script, some really good script writer, and he directs it, like the, the way he films things, Yeah, it I would be a actually movie. a very good movie, I, I think. I, I would I, love to yeah. see that. I'd love to see him work with a decent budget. I mean, he had to I don't crowdfund think he, I think his ego is involved, though. I honestly think so. Why else would he not be giving the reins to a strong writer? Why else would he put his wife in every single film he ever does? Well, I she's feel like these. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I just I want almost, to look at her. <laughs> I will say this is that she has grown mm-hmm. from she has from a thousand a house of a thousand corpses to what? Oh, she's going to be in the new monsters movie. Yeah. She's going to be Lily Monster. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. So, John and Hyderberg, I maybe you said this and I missed it, but have you two seen Lords of Salem? I have. Yeah, I have okay. not. Okay, it was okay. I, I would recommend watch, it. it okay. I, I've seen it one time. Uh, I so. watched it. It was okay. I've watched a lot of his films. Yeah. This is I, a different, it's it. different pacing. It's a slow it burn. Is. It's, it's more uh, focused on the backstory of this occult. And she is very, very muted in it, which is interesting to watch. I yeah, watch she is it. not she at all like DJ. a baby or like a baby yeah, we'll character say, or a, not at all. Her portrayal of baby, like it's pretty good. It's just like her her delivery and her voice, like the tone of her voice. You don't like her talking like a baby no, all the time. To me. But I will say That's when you see her next to her mother, her mother acts like that as well. Right. So you can yes. see where her, the character gets it from mm-hmm. because that's how her mother is. True. Also, her mother. Well, that's from, why she uh, called Trilogy it. That's why she's called baby. Karen yeah. Black from Trilogy of Terror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Although she doesn't continue on. So no. that's not the same actress no. in Devil's Rejects. Which is oh, it's uh, what's her name from Police Academy? Leslie Easterbrook, I, I think. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Jacqueline, you were like on it. Nicely done. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would I would like to see a, a film directed by Rob Zombie that was written by somebody very strong and with a decent budget. I don't want to see him work with a huge budget. I think he is like more creative when he's somewhat limited, but I want to see him on a higher budget than having to fucking crowdsource it like he did with 31. I want to see a Tarantino I, and Rob Zombie collaboration. Oh, I don't. I want Kevin uh, yeah. Williamson to write the script. Oh, I want Rob Zombie to direct. Oh, that's an idea. Kevin Williamson from Scream. Oh, okay. Yes. I could get behind that. No, I can also get to work with a Jordan Peele. That's the type of producer. Oh. Producer. Well, you want to see him do elevated horror, is what you Yeah, hundred percent. If if Quentin's going to do horror in a Quentin world, it's got to be something complicated and really. Grindhouse, I think him and Rob could work well together. Elevated I, torture I, porn I, horror. No, not torture porn. I don't think Quentin would do torture <laughs> porn. <laughs> but Eli I don't think Roth that's a producer too. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, were there any other major points that anybody wanted to throw out there? Any last minute? Oh, yeah, I forgot to say. Yeah, I got one. Okay. Devil man. <laughs> yeah. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and give our ratings. Uh, exactly. Since this was my choice, I'll go ahead and start it off. Um, I, I have to say that this movie holds a fond place in my heart. It's It's been a movie that I've enjoyed for a long time. Although, as I, as I mentioned, I had not seen it for at least 10 years before this week, but before that I'd seen it multiple, multiple times. Um, I, I, I think it still holds up to an extent, although I have to agree with Anya that I'm a more experienced horror film viewer. And th- there have been a lot of things that I've watched in the last 10 years that, uh, you know, I've grown as, as a, as a watcher. And so I'm still fond of this movie, I do think it's entertaining. I think it it really has sort of like a carnival, campy, neon quality to it that I really enjoy. I really enjoy the kind of melange of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Hills Have Eyes. And again, I see some Rocky Horror homage in there. Um, I see some maybe Halloween homage in there too when we see Denise's father in his little street that he's on, you know, when she's- I noticed that. It, it kind of reminded me of a Halloween film. And I know I mean, that Rob Zombie is a huge Halloween fan. Um, you know, he has the like October 31st, 1977. And he re- remade the motherfucker. Yeah. So, so I feel like there's a little, a little tinge of that in this movie too. So I, I enjoy it. I, I don't feel that it crosses over into like rip off territory. I think it's like a loving tribute in a way. Uh, I think he sets us up with some characters that are a lot of fun and who I think become more fully realized and like positioned better in, in the next film, the devil's rejects. You know, I, I think in, in a lot of ways, this movie kind of sets up, sets up stories for like a better film, which is the next one. But um, I agree. There's some pacing problems. I think there's some really bad dialogue that makes me cringe. I think there are some aspects of the story that aren't quite balanced correctly. So for example, I think like the cheer, the whole side of the story with the cheerleaders and the missing cheerleaders, 
I think that it kind of ends up being pointless more or less and either needed to like be played up a lot more in the story for it to like earn its presence there or I think it should have just been cut um I feel like the sheriff and the deputy and the dad all teaming up to work together you kind of almost think oh we're like the second half of this movie is going to be like an investigation or or like a a police hunt of these criminals and you think that like maybe that's going to kind of be the second half and it it doesn't really turn out that way that that ends up being basically pointless as well like they're never really in any danger of being found out by the police like they really just take care of it there's never any danger that they're really going to get arrested um so i think that that aspect of the storyline is sort of unnecessary again same thing it should have either been like cut out or played up more into the story like that they were actually more in danger of getting arrested i don't think it works so well i I think it, it has the rough feel of a first film and I don't like blame Rob Zombie for that. I, I think I'm pretty forgiving of that, but I recognize that it's there and you know, it, it is what it is. I think some of the musical choices are just awesome. I love Rob Zombie's original songs for this, like Pussy Licker and Run Rabbit Run and House of a Thousand Corpses, which I think was on the Sinister Urge album. Um, what's the one I'm forgetting? Oh, the Dr. Wolfenstein. Dr. Wolfenstein is one of my like favorite Rob Zombie songs that everybody scream for Dr. Wolfenstein fucking love it uh and i also love the other songs on the soundtrack that are by other artists like that old timey i'll remember you during the scene where the deputy gets shot i think that's such a a great touch and uh so yeah i think his musical choices are spot on as you would expect from somebody whose first career was music so i still love this movie not as much as i used to but it's still you know, occupies a special place in my heart and it probably always will, even though I can see that it has some serious flaws. I am going to give this film six out of 10 fish boys. Oh, nice. (laughs) Fish boys. (laughs) I love that. So that's, that's my, that's my, that's my final rating. So Anya, would you care to go next? Or would you rather defer to the, to the fellows for now? No, I'm good. I can go. Um, I, I, yeah, I mostly agree with everything you were saying. Um, the one thing that I did like though, that you were saying that it, it kind of felt like this era of that they weren't going to be found out, but then immediately after all the police have gone missing, you roll into devil's rejects and it yes. starts off. So there was a little bit of that happening behind the scenes. And one of the things that I thought was very strong about this movie is he didn't hit you over the head with obviousness with most things. So he didn't hit you over the head with the cops actually kind of knew what was going on. And this gave them the reason to actually get into the firefly house. And that was a nice, like I said, transition to the second one. And you aren't hit over the head with obviousness about all the complexities and the up, bringing from the family they're just psychopaths for being the sick of psychopaths so i do feel like he was very bang on with his target audience and um the visuals are absolutely incredible but the story itself and the writing and the dialogue is very weak and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's one of the things that i have been consistently waiting for for him is to sharpen up his dialogue and it hasn't really happened even though i loved lords of salem the dialogue is still not strong enough. 
Um, but that being said, this is like you said, it's a love letter from a, a horror fan to horror fans. And does it have the intellect that some of the new horror films have now? Absolutely not. But if you go into it anticipating it's going to be fun, it's going to be bloody, you're going to be able to see tits and blood and guns and... Spectacle. Exactly. Like you said, it's this carnival show. It's like a freak show almost. And it's a car crash that you almost can't look away from. And that in itself is super entertaining. So I have love for it. I have respect for Rob Zombie until the end of time, but it got the boot this time. Sorry, Rob. So I'm giving it <laughs> six out of 10 as well. Or six out of 10 giggles. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. John, oh, and do you it's wanna... also, oh, sorry. One other thing. Uh, if you are a horror content creator, watch it just for the visuals. It is crazy inspiring. I totally crazy. agree. <clears throat> oh. I totally agree. John, do you want to wait to go last or would you like to go right now? I can go. Um, I'm actually, oh boy. I'm trying to bring up my score here because I gave it a blasted funk. So uh, acting was not good by anybody. Not even Bill Mosley. Sid Haig was our character, the, the, the main character for me. Um, yeah. There was no continuity in this movie. These are the negatives. Uh, oh God, dialogue was awful. You have Sid Haig, though, which was funny. Um, the laughs, the giggle. Was it Fish Boys that we're basing it off of? That's okay. what I said. Um, man. But I got to give Rob Zombie a lot of credit for like putting this out here. Because you got to think about it. This dude is coming into... 2000 right is that when it was filmed 2000 yeah I filmed they it in sat 2000. on the shelf for three years before mm-hmm. it came out right holy shit that just kind of made me go wow this guy came out of a a genre or a, a decade of scream and some other great movies that came out in the late 90s um I'm going to hate on Rob Zombie for a long, long time, but for his first ever feature length film, I'm going to give this bad boy a just below you guys, 5.5 out of 10 fish head boys or fish boys. All right. All right. That's, I think that's an appropriate flaccid fuck score. Yeah, I think so. It fucks, but just barely, just placidly. The most placid (laughs) you can ever get. Give you five years. You're going to love them. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. You know yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Daryl Man. <laughs> I respect that review, that rating, John. I like, and like you, I I respect the fact that he like made something. I couldn't make a movie like that. <laughs> All right, Hydraberg. Let's hear yeah. it. I can't wait. All right, I give you some pros first. The I like the aesthetic of this film. I think the shots, especially in the beginning, I love the fluorescent lighting and the Captain's Folding Museum. I think those really set a tone for the film. Unfortunately for me, the film doesn't follow that tone the whole time. And that, that kind of bothers me. Um, I know I said it's a Texas Chainsaw ripoff, and that may be my opinion. But also, I do feel like Zombie achieves that effect really well. Like, that's the effect he went for, and he did it, you know? And I give him credit for that. Um... The characters, they're very distinctive. 
Um, like them or not, you know, the Firefly family have become horror icons and they're, they're their own thing. You know, I know they're based off of other things that have influenced zombie, but they're, they're their own thing. Like even baby is her own character. Like you said, she's like one of the first like real women and um, antagonists, you know, like that has her own motives. Like not, she's not driven by something like abuse or whatever. It's like, she's, she's her own person and she has her own say in the family and everything like that. So I get that. Um, I like that part about it. Uh, Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding is definitely one of the standout performances. Rest in peace. He's really good. He's, I wish he was in it more, to be honest. Um, and uh, all accounts of Rob Zombie as a director is that he's a joy to work with and that he knows his shit when it comes to this genre of horror. And I may not like this film as much as you guys, but I got to tip my cap to him for doing it to getting it out there and making making the movie he wanted to make, you know? Um, so those are my those are my pros. Uh, cons, I hate the editing in this film. The transitions that he uses, the weird color saturation and, like, the nonverbal, you can hear people, you don't hear people talking during those scenes. It doesn't work for me. I get what he's trying to do. It's like a grindhouse sort of gritty thing, but it just, it's, in, the contrast of this film is up and down. It's all over the place. And there's no consistency or continuity, like you said, John, for me. I, there's parts of this film where I see where he was going and I wish he stayed there. It's like he made this film in increments. You know, he did this part and then he had a vision to do this. Oh, I'll throw this in the middle. And it's like, it's too all over the place, man. You're throwing things at the wall. For me, it doesn't all hit. Cherry uh, Moon, that's all I wrote. Cherry Moon. <laughs> uh, I think this would have been better as like a short film or, or an awesome music video, to be honest, in my opinion. Um, it's just not that original, this film, like to me, it's an homage to his favorite films. And to be honest, it just shows a little too much for me. So I'd rather watch Texas Chainsaw for the eighth time than watch this film again. But with that said, I am going to give this film Casa de 1000 Cadaveras three out of 10 fish boys. That was so racist. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> You're a, you're Spanish. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I also want to point out that I wrote Sherry Moon and just Sherry Moon. Yeah. Period. Wow. So different so different connotations there. Is a negative. <laughs> I think there's one positive is that we reviewed Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer last week and Tom Towles was actually pretty good at this. Yeah, there's some similarities too. Both films were shelved, right? They were made and shelved for a while. Yes. They so, were. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting. That's right. And his Heiderberg, mustache have you was on point. It was real. Have you seen Devil's Rejects? I have. I want to rewatch it now that I've seen this. I, I remember it being a, a better. It was pretty well shot. It was a cool like that. whole. But to be honest, it it doesn't win me over either. The characters mm -hmm. are still over the top. The baby's just in your face even more. And I just didn't really go for it. But I, I just I asked it because you liked you like Sid Haig, right? And he's yeah, obviously he was a fan favorite. That's why he yeah. became one of the three. I, but I when I listened to your episode with John, I did hear some of your points on like baby and like her delivery and like some of the scenes she's in. And like I got I kind of want to rewatch it based on what you were saying. because I was like, you know, maybe I could see it in a different light this time. I have not seen three from hell and I've heard I shouldn't, but I probably no. will anyway. You should not. No, it's but you should watch. You should rewatch Devil's Rejects. All right. I mean, you can watch Three from Hell if you are doing something else. I would not sit and give it your entire focus. Okay. It is just, you think this one flies off the rail and heads in a different direction. <laughs> Three from Hell feels, I don't even know what to say about it because huh? where where it goes 
hold on, Anya. Let me ask you something. Do you <laughs> like Three from Hell better than you like Thirty One? No, I like Thirty One better. Oh like my god! Same here. 31. Same here. I I, like I really didn't like Three from Hell. Or yeah, three. I didn't I like, like the what they did with Thirty One. Same here. Well, the the opening scene in Thirty One is one of my favorite. Yeah. What's well, got Richard Brake in it? That's why. Oh, yeah, sorry. he's sorry. awesome. We're going yeah. off the tracks here. Um, sorry. Also, um, I don't remember that well, but do they ever touch on Dr. Satan again? No. No. That's such a waste. It's such a I, huge I, part of this I film. wonder, though, there's a big part of me that thinks that if Rob Zombie is the horror buff that he really is, he might be a bit of a horror snob in terms of his opinion and what he knows. And I'm wondering if he doesn't want to do it because everybody was like, this is what you should do. And he's like, that was the most original part of this. Film. Agreed. But every that's what everybody said to him, though. Everybody was really focused on Sid Haig and Dr. Satan. And he has never gone on to do a Dr. Satan. And I do find when you're getting into that genre or that that personality of being a bit of a horror snob, which I think we all have in us as these intense horror buffs, right? When somebody tells you you should like something or you should do this or you should focus, you're going to be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's creative. (laughs) Just that scene of of the girl and the the blurring of like the killer behind her. Like that scene looks so good. Mm -hmm. I was very impressed by the whole thing. Looks so good. Yeah, the whole downstairs, like in the cave. Yeah, yeah, incredibly, incredibly. And I remember the first time seeing that movie, it it made me unsettled that that scene because it's just so dirty and fucking you feel you feel like she's never going to escape that situation. Like there's nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. A quick note about Rob Zombie's dialogue, and I think this may speak a little bit to the the horror snobbery that you're mentioning, Anya. Oh, you you noted that you keep waiting for him to like improve that and sharpen up the the dialogue skills, and like, and it just doesn't really happen. I kind of get the impression that he thinks his dialogue is great, and that's why it's not getting better because I don't think he thinks he needs to improve it. So, I do. I do. Yeah. I think his ego is involved with certain aspects of it. Like he wants his wife in it every single time, mm-hmm. regardless of the universal consensus that she's not a good actor. Um, yeah. Put her in the roles <laughs> that she's good for. Don't put her in every role or the main character. Oh, yeah. No, she was not good in 31. That was that was awkward, actually. Well, in the Halloween movies, I think, you know, she's in a minor supporting role, especially in the second one. And it's like, I feel like that was fine. Mm hmm. Well, she's good. Like, she's good at baby firefly. That's <clears throat> her strength. I just think he should separate that part of his life with his career as a director. Like, yeah, but you think about the lyrics that he's written: "Dig through the ditches, drag through the witches in the back of my Dracula, burn through the witches, or whatever it is." In the back yeah, you're of right. He's not. He's not a strong. I know the song, bro. He's not a song or a, but, a but that's strong my point, song is that writer. It's, it, it makes no goddamn sense. No, none of us watched a video recently of an interview. It's like, Harry um, I see a book, I see album. a mirror. Yeah. Let's kill somebody. That, 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 <laughs> that's what it yeah. is. Also, something else I just wanted to mention real quick. Uh, I know that you know not everybody's into like owning physical media, but on the House of a Thousand Corpses DVD, the DVD menu is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically like extra footage of Sid Haig, yes. and he's like talking to you <laughs> yeah. as mm-hmm. the as the viewer of this DVD, and he's like just kind of chatting with you and casually insulting you, and then he's like, "Are you gonna pick one of these options, or am I gonna have to put my boot up your ass?" 
Oh, it's Captain Spaulding? Yeah, as yeah. Captain Spaulding. That's fucking great. And, yeah. and if you just that. sit there, and if you just sit there and don't choose anything, he just goes on. He, like, leaves the room for a few minutes. He's like, well, fine, fine, fine. Take all day if you want to. <laughs> I got shit to do. And he, like, leaves the room, and then he comes back, and he's like, y'all still here? Y'all must be in love with my ass. Like, I mean, all he right. just goes on and on and, like, berates the viewer for, like, I changed my watching score him. based on that. I'm going to give it a 10. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that, Jacqueline. I forgot about that. I used to own this on DVD. I don't anymore. I think it's worth owning the DVD just for that menu. There's a box set with all three right now you can get for really cheap. I don't know if that's still on there, though. I don't know either. I still have my old DVDs. I don't I don't upgrade unless I have to. I'm a resolution snob, so I can't do DVDs. You are a snob, actually. Blu-ray or up. It's Blu-ray or up. That's shocking to hear. Yeah, Sid Haig was so awesome in these two movies. Because yeah, he wasn't in very or very much a three from hell, so because he passed away like shortly after they started filming. So Jacqueline, you yeah. met him. I did. I'll put. Po- I'll post uh, the photo of when I met him at the horror convention. How um, was he? Let me ask you about that. He was so nice. He was, was he? just really sweet. And you know who else is sweet is Bill Mosley. Really? I'll post both of those. I follow him on Instagram, and his Instagram is very different than I anticipated. Well, I follow his Twitter, and, and he's like so that. great on Twitter. <laughs> He's like posting these like really sweet things about his wife and like he's a great uh, actor. An occasional political opinion, which I happen to agree with. And so I, <laughs> I, I think he's a delightful Twitter follower. Fo- follow if you uh, care to follow him. But he's Bill? retweeted us before. He has retweeted us, oh, which Bill is like Mills probably again. the best day of my life. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll I'll post the Sid Haig and the Bill Mosley uh, photos from from the conventions. But both were super nice. I heard and the Sid's first, really tall, or was really tall. He was sitting down when I met him, so I don't know. Oh, but he was like okay. he was like a he was a gentleman. Okay, you know, good. He, there, there I don't other... know why I just I just thought of this. Somebody mentioned. Um, oh, you mentioned that um, Bill has a lot of puppies and stuff. That's one thing that I love about his movies. It's not a lot of animal death. They're such vegetarians and they completely support PETA and that's how they live their life. So in most of his movies, there's not a lot happening in terms of animals being killed, which is great. Yeah, which is just good, people. We've that's reviewed fair. a lot of films with animal deaths in our <laughs> first couple okay. episodes, I feel like. So we're talking Did about we? celebrities. Can you guess who these two gentlemen are in this picture? Um, I can't really see it. Oh, that's Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Goose uh, yep. and Maverick. Yep. Oh, oh my god! Did you, you see the that? Cub Scout at the bottom? Wait, is that Soju? No. Oh my see god! The Cub Scout at the bottom. Stains? Yes. L- lift That's the photo me. up. Is that John. Oh, that is so it's really rad. good audio for the people listening to the podcast. Yeah. Did you enjoy that, listeners? <laughs> Are you going to go see the new one, John? The Edwards from Top Gun. You were on the set of Top Gun, bro. No, my mom actually was a public affairs officer for the Navy. Because uh, uh, it's a it's now a marine base in Miramar. It used to be Top Gun, where like all the F fourteen fighter pilots trained. That's where they filmed Top Gun. Back when I was a kid, Sweet. back in nineteen eighty. There's a sequel coming out soon. Yeah, I saw a preview for it. Yeah, Holy like Maverick. a reboot. Well, Danger Zone. Would you guys like to hear a little trivia for House of a Thousand Corpses? I sprinkled quite a bit of it in throughout the discussion, but would you like yes. a little more? You're still yeah. just hungry for more Rob Zombie, aren't you? <laughs> How much tartar sauce did they use on Fishboy? <laughs> All I can see is Dwight. He's Dwight. That is Dwight. Yeah, is he's still wearing Fish his glasses, Boy. too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, there's more than one instance where there is a poster for two missing young boys, like a have you seen me kind of poster. Yeah. Those boys are actually pictures of Rob Zombie and his brother as children. Mm-hmm. Really? In the, phone, in the phone booth when Denise calls her dad, there's one. Oh, I love that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and there was also another flyer in the phone booth, I think, and that says missing dog head yeah that was a real flyer that he found somewhere and was like well i'm gonna use that no shit (laughs) it was like somebody was missing a dog head i guess uh there there was a longer version of this film that was more uh violent and more like explicit so for example one of the um like the scene where baby's kind of like rolling around with a corpse that one this one wasn't like a violence one but it actually shows her like masturbating with the corpse and like climaxing okay. and it's uh, us. We, we demand the masturbation cut yeah and uh like the otis torturing cheerleaders and the, like the scenes where he's torturing the cheerleaders those used to be much more graphic but it was cut down Let's see oh the ho- oh the house the firefly house it's the same house that's used in the movie best little whorehouse of texas ali parton <laughs> Fun fact, I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan, and I love that movie, too. And it's the same house. Nice. Yep. She's a doll. Uh, The scene where Earl, quotation marks, question mark, Earl is, like, swinging an axe at Denise down in the underground tunnel. That was a real axe, and they didn't really, like, plan out their blocking so well. And he almost hit the actress who plays Denise with the axe. And Holy shit. Yeah, if you listen to the commentary on the film... Rob Zombie's like, oh, we just assumed she'd get out of the way. Wow. Oh, man. Style shit. So that I mean, it's one thing been... to have like a rubber axe and get hit by it. It's, ooh, that kind of hurt. Yeah, but right. that's not metal enough for Rob it Zombie. Doesn't, it doesn't look real enough. No, I in all of my photo shoots, there's either real blood involved at some point or we're using real weapons and we're constantly getting hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. when you're a lover and it's your craft it's just like you want authenticity when it comes to that kind of understood detail. i got yeah. that but that still hurts <laughs> yeah so yeah the uh the previous cut of the film was about 40 minutes longer no so <clears throat> that was that's yeah Most we could have had pan. 40 more minutes and yet <laughs> there's about another 20 minutes of just that pan shot of yeah. Twenty minutes, yeah, twenty minutes. It just comes on his knees before the gunshot. I honestly thought that was more than twenty nine seconds, but I really wanted to clock it. I'm glad that you did. A lifetime, yeah, me too. But I also love that that he didn't he didn't do it at thirty on the dot. I loved that. Yeah. So let's see. I'm looking. Uh, Rob Zombie himself is briefly visible in the horror host footage with dr wolfenstein he's like the assistant in the background and you see him for just a minute yeah wolfenstein i believe i don't know if that's from any horror stuff but it's definitely from video games there's a wolfenstein video game i don't know if it's oh really it was was previous to doom that's what it was castle wolfenstein was was like kind of leading to doom Okay. The precursor, whatever to do. It was. It was like the six or eight bit, whatever it was before. And then they've made modern ones since. But I knew that. Yeah. So again, Rob Zombie was originally making this movie for Universal because he, you know, sold them a kind of on the fly pitch and they went for it. Uh, But he was worried during filming that they were going to be squeamish about the the 
gore. And so he was constantly filming like two different versions of various scenes, like a more <laughs> bloody and a less bloody version because he didn't know what they were going to want. Um, and that's actually the reason that they shelved it is because even the like less bloody version, they were worried it was going to get an NC-17 rating. And so they were like, we're not we're not going to release this. And so they shelved it for three years and he ended up having to buy the rights back himself so that he could like shop it around to a new distributor. So um, that's, that I, it's, right? that's crazy Lionsgate. to me <clears throat> because I, I, when I was doing some research on this movie too, he told them the title of the movie pretty quickly. And he said, it's house of a thousand corpses. What did you expect? Yeah. But honestly though, and they still shelved it. I, like, I mean, to be honest, like, I couldn't see Universal releasing a film like this. It surprises <laughs> me that they went for it to begin with. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that they shelved it, but it does surprise me that they went for it in the first place. So I don't know what they were, what they thought it was going to be. I don't know if they thought they were just going to get an ordinary teen slasher. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but they, it's not what they got. So they must've, he must've done it when they were drunk or something. And they're like, sure, <laughs> this sounds great. Yeah. Yes, that's probably what happened. Um, oh you guys God. probably know this, but many of the characters in the film are named after Marx Brothers characters. So like Captain Spaulding is from Animal Crackers. Rufus Firefly is from Duck Soup. Otis Driftwood is from A Night at the Opera. Um, Baby's real name is Vera Allen, as we see in her mugshot in Devil's Rejects. And that's a reference to the actress Vera Allen, who was in the... Um, Mark's brother's movie Love Happy. I did so. not know that. He's he's I think he's a gigantic Mark's brothers fan. That I think is probably the most interesting trivia I have. So yeah, that's about it. Do you guys feel enlightened now? I do. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for House of a Thousand Corpses. I appreciate the legit conversation here and that you guys didn't just like shit on Rob Zombie the whole time. I, I appreciate the thoughtfulness. And Anya, I really appreciate your insightful commentary and um, analysis of, of Rob, Zom- Rob Zombie's strengths and weaknesses, which I think we're all totally spot on. So I feel like uh, you were a good ally for me to have in the, in the Rob Zombie camp here. No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, you guys. This is it was, awesome. It was great. Uh, you want to tell the people again where they can find your, your work? Sure. On Instagram, it's A-N-Y-A, which is pronounced Anya. Some people think it's Anya, but it's Anya. Um, underscore, and then it's Gore, G-O-R-R-E, which is not actually my last name. I know that's probably shocking, but um, I chose the double R to make it not quite as obvious to gore and then cool name though super cool thank you thank you like the anya gore and if you double subscribers then we'll give you her real name just kidding kidding. i won't i well I, i guess i can tell everybody that fun fact anya is not my first name it is my middle name um but i do go by anya for all intents and purposes and then yeah i've got Secret, Sorry? my name's not Hydraberg. What? Shocking. <laughs> I'm shocking that Hydra isn't your first name. No. <laughs> I've slipped multiple times. <laughs> or sick. Or dick. We're not saying. We're, we're not saying. And uh, Does it rhyme and... with dick? Why <laughs> <It> does? 
And I have a podcast called Horror and More with Anya Gore. <laughs> it's a great podcast. Thank you. Oh, yes. And I do have a Patreon. Um, it's called Gore X Morbid. I have teamed up with my main photographer, Melissa, who on yeah. Instagram, she is um, Melissa Gorbit. Melissa X. <laughs> can't even talk today properly. Um yeah, and uh, we have, it is stuff that is either too explicit to be on Instagram or there's a couple of things on there that um, are pretty questionable. I've got, I don't know if either of you guys have seen, but there's a video on there that, um, yeah, it was uncomfortable to watch it after we filmed it, but uh, it's a death scene. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. some wicked stuff, especially for a bunch of chicks getting together. Like, I'm I'm super impressed. Thank you. It's really yeah. fun. I mean, and, and as a too. yeah, well, that's that's on Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> She's really, really, really great at the photography and the editing and everything like that. And uh, yeah, it's just it's the stuff that will get us banned off of Instagram. Yeah. Malevolent is, Productions, right? Malevolent Productions. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. You got quite a bit of content out there for the people to consume. So go consume it, people. Because <laughs> uh, it's it's quality. It All is. right. And Hyderberg, I believe it is your pick next week. Would you care to share which film you have chosen for us? I have chosen Scott Derrickson's Sinister. I figured with Black Phone coming out later this year, which looks pretty promising, uh, it would be a good time to cover one of his earlier entries sounds awesome all right so next week we'll be watching uh we'll be discussing sinister um do you remember what year that was 11 uh, 12 12 i think 2012 yeah 2012 yeah i think it's 20 i think i know right. that because i watched it today and i started my <laughs> review already oh wow okay you are ahead of the game i am ahead of the game i have a busy week ahead of me this week so good planning Good planning. All right. Well, join us next week when we'll be talking about Sinister from 2012. In the meantime, if you'd like to reach out to us and share your thoughts or ask us a question or anything at all, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. You can follow us at on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. Check us out on Facebook. We are at a cut above colon. Or review and then one more time Anya where can they find you Instagram Anya A-N-Y-A underscore G-O-R-R-E on Instagram and Twitter and then uh, Horror and More with Anya Gore wherever um, you get your podcast I also started a, a link tree for us so on most of our socials now there's a link tree which will guide you to like a bunch of different podcast apps that have our, our content. So. Excellent. And our socials. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Keep it creepy. Devil mine. <laughs> okay.